Welcome to That's Awesome ID. My name is Leslie Early, and each week I will be speaking with a different guest and learning about one thing they think is awesome in the field of instructional design. Okay, I am back again with Mo Ash, learning architect and gamification enthusiast, and we are here to talk a little bit more about gamification. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me again, Mo. My utmost pleasure. (laughs) Um, so I am excited to get into a little bit more into detail about how to go about, um, thinking about gamification and sort of how gamification comes out of, even though it's not the same thing, but it comes out of game design and, and you can borrow a lot of things from game design, um, when you're thinking about gamification and you shared with me something that I hadn't seen before, but it's sort of a framework for game design called MDA. Um, do, do you want to give a little intro into that and what that means for gamification? Sure thing. Um, well, to start off, m- most people, when they think about gamification, they always think about PBL, which is points badges and leaderboard so mm-hmm. it it kind of it kind of is a downplay on gamification because if it was that hard then uh, anyone would have put pbl <laughs> basically anyone yeah. would have put a, like a series of points a leaderboard at the end a couple of badges when you reach a, every level but that's a huge huge down uh, downplay on, on gamification. And um, from reading into uh, Actionable Behavior uh, by Yukai Chao, and also there's another book called Game On, um, many of them referred back to the MDA. So the hmm. MDA is a formal approach to understanding games, which hmm. attempts to bridge a gap between game design, game development, game criticism, and even technical game research. It, it's in the simplest form, it's three words, mechanics, dynamics, and aesthetics. Mm-hmm. So PBL is just one type of mechanics being set. And mechanics are a set of rules that dictate the outcome of the interactions happening within the game. Elements mm-hmm. that move the action forward. It, it, it lets... It lets a gameplay happen. It, 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 it becomes a game because of the mechanics. And I call yeah. them always steam engines. So so PBL then, points, points, badges, and leaderboards are really, they're only types of mechanics. They don't really address dynamics or aesthetics much at all um, as far as gamification. They do. They do. I mean, if you're p- putting up points badges a leaderboard that's that's mechanics the good mechanics but what type of behavior are they fostering see mm-hmm. this is when dynamics come into come into perspective so dynamics are the constraints the emotion the narrative the progression the relationships the directional behavior response of what the mechanics are so we implement as designers a specific mechanic within the system. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you that there are mechanics like loss aversion mechanic, 
And this is a mechanic that is extremely sensitive because if it's too much of it, you will get people to resent the game. And okay. there is also there's social pressure mechanic and there's social status mechanic. There's investment mechanic. There's fixed reward mechanics, random reward mechanics. So much that is being put to shape a game, to make something meaningful. Why? It's not meaningful because the mechanic itself is meaningful, because of the behaviors that come out of it are the learning, are mm. the thing, are the emotions, are the interactions. And all of this, all of this is wrapped nicely with aesthetics. Mm-hmm. The panache, the the zhuzh, the, the, the overall experience and the feelings of interacting uh, within the game. That's That's the aesthetics. So as game designers, we are at this bay, the mechanics bay. We think, okay, I want to reach a learning objective. What kind of mechanics would I implement? And it would give me, <clears throat> through the players, that set of behaviors. And when they work it together, they would get to the learning objective. Now, I, I believe you understand what I mean by PBL only um, is, 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 again, I'm going to use the same term. It's a huge downplay on what mechanics are really about. You know, it's, you should mm-hmm. think beyond this. We're setting strategies. True, we all put points and badges on the leaderboard, but it has to have a meaning behind it. It has to have something meaningful that we want the people to get into, to play the game. How many times you play mm-hmm. the game that gives you points, but when it becomes mundane, well, you're not going to be continuing on with it. Whatever. You're going to give me 1,000 points, 200 points. Even, I'm sorry if I'm going to be ranting about this, even placing the numbers I'm going to be putting for this 100 points. No, 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 no. 50. Oh, 1,000. And we place scenarios and the possibilities of if people achieve that number or went below that number, what would be the psychological reflection of it on them? Would they feel achieved or mm-hmm. would they feel, oh, uh, that's not enough. That doesn't show much achievement in it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to, there's so much psychology now when you get into that. like Because points are, are completely arbitrary unless they mean something, right, to people. So, yes. yeah, what, what feels like it has value and and. Who knows? I mean, I can't answer that question at all. <laughs> I wouldn't know how. Um, but yeah, I like that. I like that, um, you know, PBL is just one part of this overall experience and doesn't really take into consideration the dynamics that you are trying to achieve amongst players or even within a single player, if it's a single player. But you're still trying to create a dynamic experience for them that makes it meaningful for them so that they can have that behavior change or gain that knowledge. So that's, that's very interesting. It adds a whole nother dimension to the, to ways of thinking about this. Honestly, when you're talking about it right now, it kind of reminded me of that one time when we were brainstorming for our design, we were thinking, is this a collaborative competitive game or a competitive collaborative game? 
because this has a specific behavior coming out of it, and this is a totally different behavior. See, even just changing <laughs> the sequence, is it collaborative competitive or competitive collaborative, makes mm -hmm. loads of difference psychologically on the gameplay. Mm-hmm. So that's like a crash course in, in MDA, and there's so much yeah. to learn about this that people, do you have a recommendation where people can start if they want to do a little research on, on what that means? The research is uh, done by um, Marc Leblanc and mm -hmm. uh, two other scholars. So people can simply Google it. They will find the PDF and they would ha have a full uh, detailed paper of everything related to MTA. It's, it's, it's easy. It's accessible. Uh, and uh, they would even find that in the, in the aesthetics, there's a division on what type of fun and aesthetic. It's a drama Is it adventure? Is it imagination? Even the type of experience itself, there's a full-on scale of what to do and what not to do and how to approach it and what, what, what not to approach with certain players and what type of game would work and what others won't. It's, it's, it's a big research. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because aesthetics is the part of it that actually I, like as a learning designer, I sort of sometimes think about aesthetics. Uh, I, I like aesthetic. I like making things look pretty, but this isn't what that means. Aesthetics doesn't necessarily mean like it has to look well designed. It, it sounds like the way you're talking about it, it's more like we're talking about different genres and different affordances of, of what type of game of game um, experience you're trying to develop. Yeah. Um, let me tell you something. So I'm, I'm currently working on a game called the Oracle and the Oracle is the untold story of the God Hermes. And I am doing the voiceover of the story and how it builds and what Her Hermes is getting stripped out of his powers. And he's leaving himself to the fates And that they would be um, they would be deciding what he would do and how he would embark on the journey. So this, the story itself, is part of the aesthetics mm -hmm. because aesthetics is putting something v very visually appealing, but visually appealing to enrich the learning without being cognitively um, co a cognitive bur burden or a cognitive load on the mm -hmm. learner. So I can't really rant a lot about the story because the story that I'm telling you is the seventh iteration or maybe the tenth iteration after we were like, no, we're not going to strip him powers. We're going to give his power to someone else. No, we're going to put this as an overarching story, but but leave the story somewhere else. No, 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 no. We're going to change the protagonist. Oh, we're going to put a different antagonist. And it goes on. Mm -hmm. We're trying as much as possible to dissect it so the learner through the aesthetics, can reach the learning objective plus engage with the gameplay and the narrative. That's, that's how aesthetics are being approached. And that's a great segue because another thing that you are a, a big proponent of is that um, there always should be a story element involved. Um, or not always, but, you know, depending on what genre of gamified experience you're trying to make. Yes. Uh, not all games have stories, but most of them have some sort of story element to them. Um, so I guess, where am I going with this 
question. I'm not 100% sure, but, um, you know, how, what are your tips for, you know, someone who's not used to storytelling or someone who's not used to coming up with, you know, plot points or things like that? What's advice to people who are still interested in gamification? Okay. So the last episode, we talked about that program for the African Union. And um, if you even knew how this game started, you wouldn't believe it. So um, we, we did the DNA. I've met the client uh, here in Egypt, and they came all the way from South Africa. And I got my team, four people. We opened the first thing we did. First thing, I opened Netflix, and we started watching anime. I'm not kidding. We, we started watching anime. And there was this anime. It was called Kingan Ashura, which is basically a battle. So the whole thing, this game started off that we're going to be making them battle one another. And then we're mm. like, no, battling would be very, wouldn't be very PC. So let's think about something from the same concept of competition because we want the competition aesthetic and the competition mechanic. Mm-hmm. And then we started looking at well, cars, um, races. Oh, and then we started to research and we research on the most famous uh, race games out there. And we found that there's a very famous race called Le Mans. Le Mans Mm. is a race that happens for 72 hours straight. They only change the the driver and the car just keeps on going. And and, And the game started to... Makes sense. Okay, we will take them onto a journey as they go uh, with a protagonist from the beginning of um, a, a certain area in Le Mans all the way to the end. And as they go, mm-hmm. they're facing different stops, and they're through each and every stop. There's a specific game that they need to to to, to play, and they get a specific meaning. And as they go forward, every accumulation of knowledge they take, they add up to it all the way to the end, where where, where which ends with a huge game at, mm. at the end of the at the end of the board. So, my advice is: don't limit your belief to something. It started with King and Ashura, a fighting game, mm-hmm. a fighting a, fi- a fighting cartoon. It's a fighting anime, and it mm-hmm. ended up with something very refined as Le Mans. Right. Just say, just saying that you sound refined. <laughs> exactly. Just saying it all. So my, my, my point is don't limit yourself to a specific way of thinking. That's number one. Number two, just research everything. Stories, comics, anime, a game. Play a game just for the sake of understanding how it works. Mm-hmm. And the easiest way and like the shortcut, the, the, the best shortcut is do a story. And to, I know that I kind of complicated so many things by what I'm saying. So let me break it down. We're playing, um, I'm sorry, we're reading a story about dragons. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that before, about dragons. And mm-hmm. dragons have specific abilities. They breathe fire. They fly. They, uh, their myth, their, 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 their myth. So the whole scenery will be mythology. You can mm-hmm. put so much in it. The 
the protagonist in that sense is the dragon. So that dragon has many abilities. And upon this, start to build your game. Start to build your story. And then look at your learning system. Turn your players into the dragons and give them abilities from the dragon in the story. And see how that plays out. You will be mm -hmm. on your own just making up a game from the story that you're telling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And, and I think it does take, it takes some experimentation and practice and no one's going to be great at this overnight. Um, but, but I think it's, it's just such an interesting field or like little niche inside of instructional or learning design, because um, <laughs> there's just so much more to learn and do, and you can be a lot more creative um, so I, I just, I, I, and I would love to see if, if any listeners have examples of games or anything that they're working on. I would love mm -hmm. to see examples. <laughs> and, and, and I also know you made, you recently put together a little ebook, um, of sort yes. of some of the stuff we've talked about. And I hope to share that with listeners as well, because that, even though you, you, have told me, oh, I just threw this together this morning. It's no big deal. But like, it's pretty great. So um, it's pretty great. And I think it will be very useful for people to look through that. So I hope you'll you'll give me the link and I can share it. Um, but yeah, so and then I okay. did want to check in with you. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go. Well, okay. Um, um, away from the ebook, let me <laughs> tell the listeners about something. I want you to go and check out, since we're all instructional designers, go check out Groth Engineering. Groth Engineering and check their storytelling uh, mechanisms. They have seven different storytelling mechanisms. They have Rags to Riches, Overcoming the Monster, uh, uh, The Quest, Tragedy. There's so much... Uh, to learn about storytelling and they have it all like jolted down for you to go and learn about. And by the way, goth engineering are insane when it comes to gamification. Oh, I've never heard of them before. Okay. So yeah. that's Groth, G-R-O-T-H, Groth engineering. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a British, uh, it's a British uh, oh, okay. platform and company. Yeah. Awesome. They even do like magazines and games for corporate hmm. and, uh, it, it, it's it's amazing. I, 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 I'm trying to remember her name, like the spokesman, uh, spokeswoman of of, uh, of the brand. Her name is Juliet, but I can't remember her last name. But she's amazing. I mean, I love listening to her videos about uh, about gamification and behavioral change, and she offers so much. That's one thing. The other thing is people will be like, okay, I have the imagination, but I don't know how to build it. And that's when me and you, we talked about it, like, Use the simplest thing. Not all instructional designers know how to play around with Illustrator mm -hmm. or After Effects or so. Just use your PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. Go to PowerPoint and in the insert section, you would find add-ins and download Pixton characters. Pixton mm -hmm. characters, to make it clear, it's kind of like beyond. Yeah, and yeah. Or storyline yeah. characters, yeah. Or storyline characters, but easier, and you can change colors, uh, gestures, uh, poses, and you can even make your own character on it, like mm -hmm. like how we do on, on like Snapchat's Bitmoji. 
which mm-hmm. is also a plugin that you can put on your Google Chrome and you can create your own uh, avatar. And from that, you can even make a story featuring you, mm-hmm. which is something that you can do as well. And last thing, I know I'm taking a lot of air time. Um, your first game would always suck. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice. (laughs) (laughs) And um, my first game, um, the first game that I fully worked on, it took me 11 months. 11 months of of research, prototyping, testing, 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 until we created a board game on situational leadership. So it's not easy, but it's fun. It's It's fun fun because you're building a puzzle that the people put together not you you're just putting the pieces and when they put together it makes up something yeah that's really cool and i think that's great advice (laughs) the first one's gonna suck we just have to accept (laughs) all the way yes um i did want to ask i just wanted to check in with you i know you you have some interesting uh things coming up for you in the world of uh game design gamification soon right Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, well, I was just speaking about Yukai Chao, whom is a guy that I learned a lot from, and he's going to be coming up on the Gamacon, uh, which is the uh, conference for uh, gamification of learning. And this time it's pretty much different because it's a 48-hour conference where you will be listening to people talking about gamification from around the world for 48 hours straight. Wow. Obviously, it will be recorded. It will be recorded. Right. <laughs> but there are some seriously amazing people ha- going there. And by the way, the game, the Oracle that we did, we did it specifically for Gamacon. So our debut uh-huh. will be there. And uh, there's also um, um, a very lovely person. I just had my podcast with him uh, tonight. His name is Mohsen Memon from Gamatar oh, yeah. Learning. Who yeah. created yeah, he, he did his game, which is called Evive, on um, mm-hmm. multiplayer online game-based learning. And that's just like a pebble of how many good people and so much to learn about gamification. I would really recommend anyone that is interested to learn, go there. Maybe you wouldn't get everything because some people are like seriously sophisticated in it, but you would network with yeah. like-minded people. And you would learn so much about the science and the art of gamification. Yeah, I love that. Great. Um, Okay. Well, I think that's it for us today, but that was really awesome. Thank you for all your passion and enthusiasm and insight and sharing examples of work that you've actually done yourself. I love hearing and sharing examples. Um, So thank you so much again, Mo, for joining me. Thank you for having me, and it's uh, it's it's a privilege because uh, we did two episodes, and it's a privilege that I'm having this opportunity with you. Thank you for that. Oh no, the the pleasure and privilege is all mine. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.